You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You can't spell run it back without Ruback. It's ring season for the defending world champs. And if it's ring season for you, Ruback Fine Jewelry has the best, most comfortable ring buying experience in KC. Go to ruback.co slash appointments to set up a no hassle, no pressure consultation. For the second straight year, your Kansas City Chiefs are on the doorstep of a world championship. And because of that, you're getting an extra episode of the AP Laboratory. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name's Ken Swanson. Like I said, this is the AP Laboratory. It's a special edition, hanging out with my dear pals that I miss seeing them in person because I just got off a week hanging out with them. Uh, at first, find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane, Super Bowl week, my friend. I know it's not as exciting for you as draft weekend, I guess. But this is a big week for your Kansas City Chiefs. Now, who said it's not as exciting? I think the two are on equal footing. You know, if they were to race, <laughs> it would be a tie. Draft weekend is right up there. Realistically. Unlike Scotty Miller and Tyreek Hill. Yeah, that that would be like week six versus the draft weekend for me. Just absolutely ludicrous. However, I, my one thing is the week of the Super Bowl doesn't do a lot for me. It's mostly a lot of waiting around listening to a bunch of narratives get spun because people get bored for two weeks. And I think this year it'll be even worse without even the Pro Bowl to occupy people. So I'm just ready for the actual Super Bowl. I'm ready for the day. I don't like waiting for things, as these two guys now know, after we have spent some time together. I like to have (laughs) things instantly. I don't have a lot of patience. So with that being said, Craig, how are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, I'm in the process of getting my suit dry cleaned. Because you dress up for trophy day, as everybody knows, and I hope... Hey, hit, hit that again, Craig. Hit that again. You dress up for trophy day. That's what you do. You now, dress hold on. Up, I have a very important you... question. Yes. Did your team lose the last time you wore this suit? No. But yet they you're washing not. it. I wash it after every time that my team wins a championship and I wear a suit. Hockey it players would be disappointed. Undefeated to date right now so you dress up for trophy day if everybody wants to get fancy dress up for the game it's a fun little thing that i do it's so far my team has won every major championship that they played in so it's been great and craig remind the world why you dress up for trophy day well you got to be ready like when you get the trophy you already got to be in your sunday best like you you got to look good when you get the trophy handed to you you don't have time after the game to go and change into that you better just go ahead and get ready before the game even starts just go ahead and dress up for trophy day Craig, the only advice I'm going to give you is to maybe not post a picture because the world will not be able to handle that level of handsomeness. I'm just saying, buddy. Okay, we've got a couple things that we want to do today. Uh, Maybe just a small little look back on the playoff stretch so far. And then we're going to do some Super Bowl props. 
I think that's always a fun little way to get into it. We got some fun ones. We got some football-related ones. But I did want to do this real quick before we get into those. This has been a, you know, a two-game stretch. It's been an exhaustive two weeks with these games. Some A lot has happened. And I just want us all to kind of maybe go through and list an unsung hero from these playoffs for the through two games. I think that would be a fun little thing to do before we jump into these Super Bowl props. Kind of looking back into the past before we jump into the future. So, Craig, give me an unsung hero from the playoffs so far. Well, as much as I would like to shout out Anthony Hitchens for the 42nd week in a row, having played great football, I can't because I did that Dude, already. he's been great. He's been terrific. Oh my, I watched I watched a lot of football this week. I watched a lot of the games, the playoffs and all that stuff. He's been great. Great. But a guy who is an unsung hero, hasn't gotten nearly enough praise during this stretch, is Alex Okafor. Since Okafor came back from injury, it took him a little while to get himself reintegrated in. He was kind of a dime rusher, but he's played a lot more base as of late. Again, the the Browns game, as we discussed after the game, the defensive ends dropped out. They had a completely different strategy. Last week against the Bills, when he got to tee off and be a pass rusher, he looked excellent he was able to get regular pressure he was able to live in the backfield he was able to make things difficult on josh allen and some of those four-man rushes he has been incredibly important to being on you know opposite frank clark and chris jones being that third pass rusher that can get enough pressure to worry the offense he's going to be crucial in the super bowl i feel like he's played pretty darn well so far this playoffs so here's some fun stuff for you guys the Chiefs are going to start four backup offensive linemen in this Super Bowl. Three of those guys have started for 75% of this season. Heck, at some positions, they are working on two offensive line spots. They're working on their third stringer. And somehow, it still works. Is the offensive line great? No, but it's plenty functional. You want to know why? One big reason. Mike Rimmers. Offensive tackle, offensive guard, flex offensive lineman signed as a free agent in this offseason to replace Cam Irving, most specifically. And he's done a phenomenal job. There's been some instances this year where he's been a little bit overwhelmed. But for the most part, when Mike Rimmers has played, he's not been the problem or really a problem. And I think that's about all you can ask for out of an offensive tackle. I do think people are starting to understand a little bit now that Fisher's gone, how good the tackle's been across from him. But just Mike Rimmer's ability to step in at the you know quarter mark of the season, play almost the rest of the year out at tackle, be very good doing so has gone a long way in allowing the Chiefs to continue to shuffle around the rest of their offensive line. This isn't easy to jump to a new team, pick up a new system, play inside then play outside, start all year versus great pass rushers that are all going against you because the year is a starter on the other side. He's been phenomenal. I hope he continues this performance to the Super Bowl and he can rebound on his last Super Bowl performance because it was a really bad one versus Von Miller when he was playing with the Carolina Panthers. He can come back. He can make that go away with the strong performance against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think he's going to do it because that's how good he's been playing. Do you guys remember three months ago in the AFC divisional round when Patrick Mahomes had to go out because of a uh, concussion protocol? Uh, the Never guy that stepped, <laughs> the guy that stepped in, Chad Any. You know, I there was a lot of like I wasn't feeling great after Mahomes got his toe injured, and I was obviously feeling a lot worse after Mahomes exited the game early due to concussion protocol. Thank God it wasn't an actual concussion. But think about if Chad Henney just pooped the bed 
entirely. We wouldn't be talking about this game. We'd be licking our wounds, no longer defending the world championship that that we have here in Kansas City. But Chad Henney, even though he threw a pick deep in the red zone, he got him down there into the red zone. Ultimately, that, that turnover didn't mean all that much. He went 6-8, 66 yards. Obviously, a massive run to get the Chiefs into a position where they can go out and win the football game with a fourth and inches conversion. The, I, Chad Henney, unsung hero. It's just, just a really great job by him. And I think what's going to be fun is when your Kansas City Chiefs... Oh, I'm sorry. Am I spoiling our predictions for the Super Bowl? Oh, no. I'm so sorry. When the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl, we're going to look back on Chad Henney fondly. We're going to have a story about Chad Henney. Chad Henney. And that was a little piece of adversity, a little piece of the story that this world championship story needed. You know, there'd been, there really hadn't been a ton of adversity. There'd been one real loss this entire year. And the Chiefs kind of looked disinterested. They went 14-1 and with their starters. It was a nice little bit of adversity that they went through, and Chad Henney's going to be, be a big piece of this story. All right, let's jump into some Super Bowl prop bets. I always love to do prop bets. We do a game with all my friends uh, at our Super Bowl party every year where we put a spreadsheet together. Uh, I don't even know if we did it last year because like, we were just too exhausted. It's just like focused on like, oh, I don't want to be, I don't want to be crossing off props during the game, like that. Guys, I didn't watch a commercial last year. I did not watch once. I'm serious. This isn't a joke. I I was so locked into that game. I did not pay attention to one single commercial. It'd be watching the game and then then getting on my phone, like with a lot of it. Like the anxiety level was through the roof. I also didn't watch a commercial, but it was not because of nerves. Yeah, no, you were in a different spot, Matt. I didn't eat until the fourth quarter. I shoved an entire cookie in my mouth in the middle of the fourth quarter. And that was all I had. Like I had a little bit of lunch, like before 12. And my, the first thing I eat is like, I just, I stress ate an entire cookie, just threw the whole thing in my mouth. Let's, let's like, it was get just, this out of the way here. Is anybody going to be watching with the same stress? Any one of us three going to be watching with no. the same stress? I, I will not be either. And I will still be frustrated if they don't win. Don't get me wrong. Like I really desperately want them to win again, but the pressure of, oh man, when's the next time we're going to get this opportunity is gone on this one. I tweeted out like a few days after the Super Bowl that I just didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy the game in the slightest. And I'm going to try to enjoy it a little bit more this time. I might watch a commercial or two. I might eat another cookie before the fourth quarter. Two whole cookies. Look at you, Kent. Maybe I'll even have some like chips and salsa. Just saying. I mean, I might get wild. Might even have a beverage. I don't know. Um, okay, so Super Bowl props. Sorry. this uh, That just was quick derail. I don't know. But uh, Super Bowl props time, and we'll have a, we'll have a few fun ones, and we'll talk about some football ones. But we gotta start with this: What is the time of the first Giselle reference? Over under set at fifteen minutes, so you have the entirety of the first quarter. This is this is the fun one. Where this is fun. <laughs> over. I don't think we're gonna see her in the first fifteen. I think we're gonna spend way too much time talking about Tom's legacy before we move on to his family. That might be the best part of Tom's legacy, though. <laughs> does this start when the play clock does? Or is this no, pre No, first quarter. It's just the first quarter. Well, that's 15 what I mean. minutes of play time. Okay, okay. So no, I'm... 15 minutes of, of official time. You have the first quarter. Hard over. This game has way too much other stuff to matter. They don't need to make up nonsense talking about off-field stuff when you have Patrick LeVon Mahomes 
whooping up on Tom Brady in the first quarter. Sweep it. All right, Tony Romo saying, let me tell you, Jim, over under. Set it to. What you got? Hard over. Hard over. Like, that's going to be a four or a fiver for the course of the game. Yeah, I think the over is the safe one here, but I'm going to go under just to be different. Uh, I think he will say, let me tell you, but like the gym in there, you know, maybe there's a, there's a chance that I can get this right. I'm not going to let Maddie be different. Give me the under. Uh, playing, uh, all right, plays that Tony Romo correctly predicts in advance. So he calls the right play. He almost had one last week. He was trying to call that play to the end of the flat to Travis Kelsey. And it was actually the slant that wound up going to Tyreek for 71 yards. Over under correct predictions at two and a half. I'm going under because we're going to see Andy get out a bunch of tendency breakers. We're going to see him getting out a bunch of random stuff. If he's pulling, you know, plays that are going to happen, it's going to be him predicting things that Tom's calling off the cuff. Not even necessarily stuff that Bruce is calling. These these are Tom Brady to Gronk type plays that he's just calling at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I'm going to go over for that exact reason. I don't think that the Buccaneers offense is particularly hard to predict. It is rel- it is what it is, but it looks like there's not a lot of window dressing. It's not really out there to make people guess wrong. I think Romo is good enough at this. Two weeks to prepare. I think he will get his two for two and a half just on the Bucks. Well, he's going to have to get it on the Bucks because Andy is going to be in the bag all week. That is why I am taking the under on plays that Tony Romo correctly predicts. All right, length of the national anthem by Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan, the over-under, 120.5 seconds. Over. There's two of them. They're going to they're gonna extend it out. There's going to be a lot of back and forth. Over. Yeah, I guess over. I, I, I don't know on this one. Just over. <laughs> Moving on. What a football guy answer. I'm going to take the under just to be different. Will, all right, here, let's, let's talk football now. How about that? You guys got through the you got through the ridiculous ones. Will there be a score in the first five minutes, Greg? No, I don't. I don't think that there will be because I think the Tampa Bay Bucks are going to get the ball first, and I think if they do move the ball, it's going to be methodical. I don't think it's going to be explosive against Steve Spagnolo. I do not expect a score in the first five minutes because I don't think the Chiefs are getting the ball first. I will go with a yes, because I think if the Bucs do get the ball first, they will catch Steve Spagnuolo and maybe being a little aggressive. I think that is their best chance actually to score on the Chiefs is to catch them with one of those Brady YOLO balls that he was throwing all day versus the Green Bay Packers. And you can land one of those against the Chiefs. Or if the Chiefs get the ball, I think they come out with to prove a point and score quickly. So give me a yes there. Uh, I think it's funny that Craig is basically just predicting that the Chiefs are going to win the toss with like a lot of certainty. No, because the <laughs> bu- like, the Bucks have been taking the ball a little bit lately. They've not oh, been they? they've not been deferring. Look at Craig being prepared for this game for this show. <laughs> what a what a gangster! All right, fine. You know what? No, what? I'm going with a yes. I'm saying there will be a score in the first five minutes. I'm with Maddie. All right, first team to score. Who is it, Craig? It's the Bucks because they're getting the ball first, and I think they're going to kick a field goal. I think the Chiefs defense is going to hold strong once they get towards the red zone, not in the red zone, but towards the red zone. I think that they hold the Bucks to a field goal, and then the Chiefs never look back again. Kansas City Chiefs score first. Tyron Matthew pick six. Second throw of the game. KC Chiefs score first. Daryl Williams run after set up by a Byron Pringle forty eight yard catch. Ooh, very specific forty eight yeah. yarder. See what I did? I 
I'm in my bag of tricks too, I guess. Patrick Mahomes over under 327 and a half passing yards. So at the half? Or is that the full <laughs> the last two the last time these two teams played? Todd Bowles trusted Carlton Davis to be able to lock up Tyreek Hill. I do not expect that to be the case again this game. But that being said, I don't think the Chiefs are going to try and run on a really good Tampa Bay Buccaneers front and run defense. I think they're going to come out. I think they're going to throw plenty. And I think they're going to have to throw to keep the chains moving. I expect the bulk of this game to be through the air for Patrick Mahomes. So I'm going over. Yeah, it's over if the Chiefs are going to win for sure. Just for what Craig just said, this Bucks run defense is one of the best in the league. They got Vita Vea back now who makes them even better at doing that. The only time I see the Chiefs running is against very favorable boxes and then looks off their RPOs. And even then, it's just to maybe get the linebacker to sit a little bit. Chiefs are going to throw the ball a lot if they want to win this game. I do think the Chiefs are going to be slinging the ball a little bit. I think they might try to throw it a little bit more than what we're thinking. Um or uh, I think they might try to run it. I'm sorry, a little bit more than what we're thinking. Uh, if we look at the lack of pack, or if we look at the impact of pass rush in this game, which I do think is going to be a factor, and we'll get through that the entirety of the week. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had 286 yards against a team that was pressuring him all day, uh, all all the time. By the way, I'm going to be writing an article on handling an aggressive pass rush, a good pass rush with a weak offensive line this week. So it's going to be a fun piece. Patrick Mahomes had 286 yards the last Super Bowl. Uh, I think we got the under on the passing yards, but I still think that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win this football game, obviously. Patrick Mahomes passing touchdowns, the over-under set at two and a half. How is that so low? I don't get how that's so <laughs> low. Like, how is that a real Vegas? No, no, over, way over. It's happening. So that was my initial response, but then I kind of remembered, especially in these playoff games and in games that matter, Patrick Mahomes does run in a fair amount of goal line touchdowns. He does get some extra touchdowns via runs. He's gotten some of these, you know, over his last few playoff games. So I can see why it's at 2.5. That said, give me the over. I will never predict a quarterback running the ball in over throwing it in. I am going to take the under. I think he gets two. I'm you guys heard it here some... first. Kent thinks Mahomes is going to have a lackluster. Yeah, <sighs> under 327, under two tutties. My goodness, Kent, what's up? Buddy? He's still the super. He's still going to win the Super Bowl MVP. I just, I could see, I could see Daryl Williams vulture. Daryl Williams vulturing one. He had, you know, I mean, he had two in the last Super Bowl. I hope I'm wrong. They're winning either way, though. Tyreek Hill receiving yards. The over under. Set at 91.5. Oh, that's a good number. Um, I Like I said earlier, I don't think that Todd Bowles is going to trust, you know, Carlton Davis just line up and try and take him away again. I think they're going to try and bracket him and keep a safety over the top. We've seen teams kind of limit Tyreek a little bit. He's still going to get plenty, but I think, I do think it's like high 80s in this game i'm not sure I, I just don't expect anywhere close to what he did in this first matchup i think they're going to concentrate on taking him away so i'm going under but just barely that's what makes this one so hard because i don't think the number is particularly too high or too low it's just if the buccaneers come out with the idea to stop tyreek hill going deep it makes it hard to go over 90 yards here but what the Chiefs have been doing really good lately is getting Tyreek Hill the ball and manufacturing situations that allow him to rack up the yards. 
I'm going to go over, but it's going to be just barely. I'm thinking he's going to be right around 100, and I think a lot of it's going to come on a short pass that he breaks for a long run because they're not going to let him get deep. By the way, the Patrick Mahomes line I think is a pretty good line, just so you know. So just because I'm saying 327 and a half, I'm sitting the under, doesn't mean I'm just pick, you know, saying he's getting 240. Kent hates Mahomes. Well, I'm taking the over on Tyreek Hill. Mm. I mean, Tyree Kill, I think I think you're going to get some real easy opportunities for yards after the catch. I think, you know, one of the things the Bills are going to do is they're going to try to keep a lid on everything. They're going to play everything in front of them and hope the Chiefs make mistakes in the red zone. Tyree Kill ate when the Bills were trying to lay things, you know, trying to force the Chiefs to lay things up. And guess what Tyree Kill did? He gashed them after the catch. He had a 71-yard slant on an RPO. And he almost had a 30. He almost had that in the second half against the Bills. Give me the over, even if they are really focused on him. Travis Kelsey receiving yards. The over/under is set at ninety-seven and a half. I'm going over on this one. Uh, Travis Kelsey has done nothing but show up for big games this entire season, and I think that they're going to try and take away Tyree Kill. And I think that there is going to be a little bit of hubris thinking that Levante David or Devin White can line up and cover. Travis Kelsey while keeping those two deep safeties, you know, over the top of Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey is going to eat those two alive. They're both good players. I like them both a lot, but Travis Kelsey should be able to line up and beat those guys. I think that, you know, with Mahomes being under pressure for a lot of this game, as we kind of expect he may be, he's going to need to go hot. I think he's going to need to go to his old reliable receiver that's Travis Kelsey so far this season and the past couple of years realistically I think we're going to see a lot of Travis Kelsey involvement I think it's going to be over 100 yards so Craig said that Travis Kelsey shows up in big games this year I'm going to amend that to his entire career yeah I mean if there's a big game if Travis Kelsey shows up when there's a game where the Chiefs offense needs to start putting drives together they go to Travis Kelsey I'm not saying other guys don't make plays but but Travis Kelsey's the go-to guy. I think we already talked about it. Tyreek Hill's going to get a lot of attention, especially deep. You're going to see the Bucs be a little scared. They're going to play a lot of too high. I think that's going to open up the middle of the field. And guys, Devin White is one of the worst coverage linebackers in the NFL. Don't let the athleticism fool you. He's really bad in coverage. Levante David, pretty good. Devin White, really bad. That safety room's banged up. I don't see anyone stopping Travis Kelsey from going over 100 yards if they're doubling Tyree Kill as well, so over for me as well. Tyree Kill had 105 yards the last Super Bowl, 44 of them on Wasp. Travis Kelsey, six catches for 43 yards. I think teams know how big of a factor Travis Kelsey is. I think they're going to try to take him away, uh, and I think uh, he gets the under there. Doesn't mean he's not going to have a good game. I just don't think he's going to hit 97 and a half. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back with more uh, prop bets right after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else 
and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So welcome back, guys, but I just want to jump in here. It sounds like Kent is predicting a smash-mouth defensive run-first approach for the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and this is mind-boggling to me. I think we need to unpack this a little bit because we got Daryl Williams scoring touchdowns. We got Travis Kelsey doing nothing. Patrick Mahomes doing 70% of what Aaron Rodgers did versus the Buccaneers. Kent, tell me, how are the Chiefs going to run the ball? I think Patrick Mahomes is going to use his legs because he's going to be in a lot better shape than people think. I think they will be running into some favorable boxes because they will be invited, even though that front's very good. And I think overall you're just a jerk and you're a hater. (laughs) And you won't let me – like you're accusing me – you're accusing me of saying Travis Kelsey is going to stink just because I don't think he's going to get basically 100 yards. Yeah. Kent, you just spent lines. a week with you just spent a week with me. Like, what did you expect anything different than this? <laughs> I have learned very quickly that you like to egg people on. All right, Tom Bate, Brady passing yards. The over under is set at two hundred ninety six and a half. What you got, Craig? I think it's going to be an over, and I think it's going to be an end of the game over. Like, I think that Tom Brady is going to throw up some prayers in this game, like we saw him do the past couple of weeks. And I think that the Chiefs secondary is going to have an opportunity to pick him off and limit some of that yardage. But that being said, I think the Chiefs are going to be up comfortably enough. Not saying like a big blowout lead or anything, but comfortably enough for Steve Spagnuolo to feel like he can run his dime in the fourth quarter. We've seen this year that when Spagnuolo's in that dime, teams can move the ball a little bit. And so I think... You're going to see like some underneath stuff to Rob Gronkowski for, you know, 15, you know, repeatedly over and over down the field. It's going to rack up some yards at the end of the game to push Brady over that number. But I don't think that it's going to be realistically as good as that number sounds. I think I'm going to go under. I think if Tom Brady's having to put the ball in the air enough to get to roughly 300 yards, that's a bad formula for the Buccaneers. That means they're trying to go toe-to-toe with Patrick LeVon Mahomes, and that's a bad idea. I think they do try to run the ball a little bit more. Brady only hit like 280 yards last week versus the Green Bay Packers. I think the Chiefs' passing defense is simply better than that, so I'm definitely going to go with an under here. Yeah, I got another fake close game, which means Tom Brady pads his stats. Last time these two opponents matched up, the Chiefs were up 27-10 to 10 late in the fourth quarter. Or in the fourth quarter, not late, but in the fourth quarter. Tom Brady ended the game with 345 yards. Give me the over in garbage time. I'm with Craig. Mike Evans receiving yards set at 61.5. What you got, Craig? I'm going under. The last time these two teams faced, Mike Evans was targeted nine times. He had three receptions for 50 yards and two touchdowns like I mean it's still a good line for him but I think he's going to go under because the Chiefs have long enough defenders and defenders that can at least get their head around quickly enough to get their hands on some of these moon shots that Tom Brady's throwing not not some of the stuff that we've seen against some of these other quarterbacks but some of these lofted passes 
you know, trying to get some of these back shoulder fades, they are strong enough up against Mike Evans to be able to line up and deflect some of these passes, knock them away from Mike Evans. So I think that he's going to have a rough go trying to rack up yardage. I think I'm going to go with the over here. I think the Chiefs, if I'm concerned, they are going to try to take away Chris Godwin and not Mike Evans. I'm not even sure the next most important person to them shouldn't be Rob Gronkowski. I know he didn't do a lot this past week, but I think Mike Evans is a guy that you almost just want to let Tom Brady show he has that connection with because it doesn't always look like they have it. I think you're going to get a fair amount of 50-50 balls thrown at Mike Evans, not when he's open, not in a good position. And I don't trust the Chiefs outside corners to always make a play on the ball because Mike Evans is really good at that. Yeah, they gave him a lot of opportunities this last game, the 50-50 opportunities. Uh, real fun fact, the only time Rob Gronkowski went over 100 yards this season was against the Kansas City Chiefs, by the way. However, I do think that they're going to give Mike Evans some opportunities and the Chiefs cornerbacks are their weak spot. Obviously, it went well the last time these two teams matched up. I think it doesn't take much for him to get to 61 and a half. Uh, it wasn't too far removed from that line the last time these two teams played. Okay, what team scores last in the game, Craig? It's going to be the Chiefs. Uh, I think they're going to be protecting a lead. I think you're going to see a longer drive. Maybe the defense turns over the Buccaneers or on downs or an interception. And I think that you're going to see the Chiefs trying to run out the clock very similarly to the Super Bowl last year, be able to punch something in on a concept that a guy gets free and gets to run into the end zone. Somebody's going to have a hero moment right at the end of the game to kind of bury this thing once and for all. So I'm going with Kansas City. I'll take the Bucks trying to score to make it look respectable as the Chiefs are kind of cruising about midway through the fourth quarter. Yeah, I'm going with the Bucks as well. Uh, I think, you know, the Chiefs have closed a lot of games with the ball in their hands, but they haven't scored. You know, they've kind of just they've been protecting lates. It's like you need to get a, a key third down. Actually, the last time these two teams played, I believe that was a situation that came up. So I think the Chiefs, or I think the Bucks are the last team to score. I think the Chiefs are holding them off. Uh, and, yeah, they do. And we have a virtual parade in Kansas City. All right, longest touchdown score. The over-under is set at 44 and a half yards. Man, there were some very explosive plays the last time these two teams played, you know, on both sides of the ball. It wasn't just Tyreek Hill getting loose. And again, I fully believe that they are going to try and take away Tyreek Hill. That doesn't mean that Chris Godwin's not going to break one, though. The Chiefs are going to get exotic with their blitzes. They are going to try and bring pressure on Tom Brady and keep him uncomfortable. All it takes is one bust in a situation like that. And a guy like Chris Godwin that's fast enough to get downfield, I do expect that there will be a touchdown longer than that in this game. Yeah, I'm going to go with the over as well. I think both of these offenses like to look for the explosive play. The Chiefs have done a great job not forcing it, but they've gotten big, long plays, maybe not always touchdowns, but long plays off of throwing the ball underneath. The Buccaneers literally just throw YOLO balls like every single third down. That is their entire game plan. I do think somebody comes down with something that is over 45 yards. Uh, I'm going to go... Well, it's because Byron Pringle didn't score on that play. I'm going to go under. I think the, I think the Bucks are going to keep a, a pretty good lid on it. And because of that... Uh, I think I think they wind up. I mean, I think they're going to be some big explosive plays. 
I just think it's going to be red zone execution ultimately. I think that's going to be the name of the game. All right, longest field goal made in this game, the over-under set at 46 and a half yards. It's going to be the over, and it's going to be Harrison Butker. I think that he's going to drill a long one. I think maybe like at the end of the first half with the Chiefs with the ball driving, they get themselves close enough that would let Butker take an attempt. I, I think that he's going to drill an absolute bomber in this game in Tampa Bay. I, I'm going over. For me, I'm going to go with an under. I think both teams are going to realize that field kicking field goals, especially long ones, is completely useless. You get to that point of the field, you might as well be a little bit aggressive. I just, I think that's a long enough field goal that, especially once you get out of the first quarter, if this happens, it's going to be in the first quarter. If you get out of the first quarter, I think these coaches are going to opt to go for it from this position. I think it's an end of half situation where the Chiefs aren't able to get to touchdown range uh, as time is expiring in the first half. Tampa Bay doesn't get their Scotty Miller fluke touchdown at the end of the half. The Chiefs get three points on a long field goal by Harrison Butker. Largest lead in the game, the over-under at 14 and a half. I'm going to take the under here. I think it's going to be 14. But I don't think that either team is going to be able to put it on the other team fully to get out to a bigger lead than that. I think there's going to be a lot of trading leads, a lot of extending it to one and back to two and all of that throughout the course of the game. I do think that the Chiefs should be in the driver's seat in this one, but I don't know that they're going to be able to blow it open to 21 points at any point in this game. The Chiefs take a 17-point lead with three minutes and 12 seconds left in the third quarter. Oh, nice. You know, one way that the uh, that Patrick Mahomes will have under 327.5 yards passing is if they're running the ball to protect the lead and run out some clock. I think Andy Reid might sit on the football a little bit because they're up 17. Give me the over. All right, will the game be tied after 0-0, zero, zero, Craig? No. I don't think so. Like I said earlier, I think the Bucks are going to kick an opening drive field goal. I think the Chiefs are going to have an opening drive score. And I think that they're going to be either trading throughout most of the first half or the Chiefs defense is going to come up with a couple stops. And then the Chiefs are going to be able to take advantage of that, distance it out to a bigger lead. Yes, it will be tied at 7-7. After Tyron Matthew has his pick six, the Buccaneers will go down, they will score, and then they will proceed to be chasing the Chiefs the rest of the game until they take that 17-point lead with three minutes and 12 seconds left in the third quarter. It will not. It will not be uh, tied after 0-0. Chiefs are winning comfortably. Total sacks, the final one by both teams. The over-under is set at four. Over, and I think the Chiefs get three of them at least. Um, Steve Spagnolo knows what he is doing i think you're going to see a more exotic blitz package i think that they've been teeing off with some of these defensive back blitzes lately because they're trying to show a pattern they're doing it a lot i think they're going to try and catch tom brady you know trying to throw a quick out against a simulated db blitz and either tom's going to throw a pick or he's going to eat it, and somebody's going to be coming from the backside, and it's going to destroy him. So I think that Steve Spagnuolo is going to mix things up, get some off-speed pitches there, and be able to hit Tom, sack him multiple times as Tom's trying not to force the ball and throw some interceptions. Push. Two for each team. 
I do think that Tom Brady is really hard to sack, even when he sees blitzes coming. We saw last week he is willing just to throw the ball into the atmosphere and just watch where it comes down. So it's going to be hard, even if you beat him with your pressure packages, you know, delaying blitzes or disguising them, he will just throw the ball just somewhere to avoid being sacked. So I think it will be hard to get him, but I do think the Chiefs get to as the Buccaneers are pressing, having to throw from behind. This Chiefs offensive line isn't great. I can see Patrick Mahomes being forced to take a sack, you know, while scrambling every now and then, or maybe he doesn't see one and they get beat quickly. So I'm going to push exactly four sacks. Give me the over. Tom the statue, Pat behind a offensive line that could get a couple here or there. Uh, that is going to do it for the prop bet episode of the AP Laboratory. Be sure to be checking out the Arrowhead Pride podcast channel all Super Bowl week. We've got a lot of great stuff coming. We'll be back on Wednesday with the mailbag. Thank you all so much. Get ready for Super Bowl 55. Catch you later. If someone doesn't ask why Kent is predicting a run-first game, I will be upset. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit MethodProducts.com to unleash your inner shower.